Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Monster 8 Pilot Podcast, podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It is Thursday, so it is time for the Sports Talk. We're back after a couple weeks off from the Sports Talk. We've got quite a few things to go over, and by that, we got some Liverpool stuff. We don't have a lot of crew stuff. I'm building up to the MLS preview show, which should be next week or the week after, as we are basically less than a month out from the first home game for the crew. <clears throat> As we get the lift, I don't want to lift the banner, unveil the third star, whatever. I don't know. Also, going to go over uh, the NHL with the uh, them on their all-star break. Big roll of the eyes there for a pointless game that's about to happen. And just, you know, I'm talking about the Bruins. Not a whole lot going on. So it's going to be a pretty simple show. Um, uh, you know, it's mostly the pilot. What's up? I'm kind of lower energy. Tired, man. I'm tired. Not sure why. Haven't done much. I think it's just like uh, watching Liverpool beat Chelsea today exhausted me. But, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. But if you like what you heard, spread a good word. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster 8 to Pilot. Uh, you can watch the video on Spotify if you're so inclined to. Also, um, I'm still thinking about maybe going live to like YouTube every time I do a show, which I don't know if there's a demand for that. So. I don't know if, if you feel awkward, like do it. And there's just like nobody watching because <laughs> it's like nobody like, yeah, I'll just listen to it tomorrow, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I don't know if I'll do that, but I, I sometimes fiddle around with the idea. Um, hopefully you enjoyed my Jurgen Klopp tribute thing on Monday. It was a mess. Um, I was a mess. Um, I almost re-recorded it. That's why it came out a day late because it was like Monday. I'm like, I should re-record that make it a little bit more cohesive, like write out a little bit more outline of what I want to talk about instead of just, shooting from the hip like I usually do. I've been talking about that a little bit more often, like, you know, outlining things and maybe scripting a little bit more. I think we'll start trying to do that. Um, I do like the idea of kind of how that should work Monday, where it was just like a one-topic show and it being like a half hour. Uh, maybe doing that in the future, like if it's a light sports week or something like that, like international duty or something like that, where I can like to focus it on one subject. I don't know. If you want me to talk about certain things, you just let me know. If you want to be on the show, let me know got questions or answers you just let me know man um i wasn't on lsc transfer this week at a uh a power issue so whatever we deal with it we deal with it man i'll be on next week gotta take my spot back oh where do we begin where do we begin let's begin with uh the nhl let's start with the nhl it is time for the all-star break in the nhl um i don't care about the all-star break I think if you listen to some of the older episodes, you know exactly how I feel about all-star games. They're dumb. They're pointless. I despise them. They're just a way for players to maybe get hurt in a game where they're only playing half speed. It's very stupid. Um, we're about, what, 50 games in? So we got about 30 games left of the regular season. The Bruins are 49 games. 31, what, 32 games left? 33? Yeah, 33 games. Math. Uh, sitting atop of the Atlantic Division, sitting atop of the Eastern Conference, which is shocking to me, and five points clear of Florida Panthers in second place. Um, been excellent. I can't. There's nothing to complain about, especially when I really consider this team is going to be a step back this year. Uh, we've been excellent. We're the best offensive team. We're the second best offensive team by one goal to the Detroit Red Wings. In terms of offense, we are, I think, what the second best team in the. Uh, East in terms of defense by one goal to the Florida Panthers. So I, I talked about it early in the year, like this team is going to have to ride goaltending. This team is going to have to ride the defense. Um, outside of a little wobble there about a month ago, 
it's been like it's been that case. It's been the case that we just ride the defense, we ride Swayman, we ride uh, Linus, and we do what we can do. This team still really needs a second center, I think, or another center just to kind of really uh, push to the next level. Uh, Postanak obviously is the man of the the first half of the season. Well, I think 72 points overall, 33 goals, 39 assists. Marshawn's been really good with his age and coming back from hip surgery. Um, there's been other guys who've stepped up really well. I think Charlie Coyle's been outstanding. Um, McAvoy, obviously, is one of the best defensive men in the uh, league. JVR has been very good. I was worried about that pick of my guy. You know, he's like 34, 35. Does he really have much left in the tank? And he's played well enough to where, yeah, I mean, he, he's a good complimentary piece. Zaka's been pretty good. Um, disappointments though. I mean, there's some disappointments here. Johnny Beecher didn't really take that step that I hoped he would. He played all right, but didn't play great. Um, what's his face? Patras was solid early in the year, had a little bit of a tail off as a rookie, but I mean, he's been okay. Um, I was a little disappointed that Merkulov didn't get much, um, action when he was up. I was really hoping he would uh, kind of latch on to maybe like a four line center. And the other thing, which I haven't talked about at all, um, not because I was avoiding it or anything like that. It just it just never was in my head to talk about. Uh, was the Milan Lucic situation? Uh, Luch, um got into a I think it was a was it a domestic dispute and got himself arrested. If that's the case. I don't want to see him ever play for the Bruins again. I'm not going to be double standarding anything. Uh, let's just come out proving that you know nothing actually happened. There's no reason why he needs to put on a uh, Bruins uniform again. That's simple. But back to the actual hockey. Uh, DeBrusque, after a really slow start to the season, has come along much better down the like past few weeks. Um, and then big ups to Danton Heinen. He's been really good the past couple weeks. You know, the veteran who used to play for us and then went away, went to all these different teams. He was part of the uh, Andres Case tra- trade that ended up being a disaster because Case got himself hurt and never played with the Bruins, got himself a bad concussion and just could never play again. And then he ended up playing for other teams. You just never get going with the Bruins. Um and has made his way back, and he's playing pretty well. I mean, you know, he had to work his way out of camp with no contract, doing a good job. I think the big issue, I mean, we've had some injuries. I know on the back line, really, like, Grez has been hurt. Um, Forbert's been hurt for a little bit. I like that Lariah stepped up. I like Mason Lariah. Hopefully he's not part of any trade talks to get people in. I don't know. It's, with trades, we don't have the picks to trade, and I don't think we have the prospects to get that's going to be worth trading them. You know what I mean? Like... Excuse me, like trading Mason Leroy isn't going to fetch you a big time center. Like him and, um, oh shoot, I forgot his name. Kid down in uh, the, the OHL, not the OHL, the AHL. Oh, what's his name? He's been there for years. I can't remember. I don't think they, they, they fetch those type of guys. So I'd rather, you know, not just trade him just to get like a, you know, guy who's going to play third line center. It's like, ah, I'd much rather have Leroy going forward than a guy who's going to play third-line center for us for, like, this year than be gone, you know? So, I don't know. It's it's, it's an odd little predicament that we're in. Uh, but, no, I think we're playing well. I think Freddie's came on pretty decently. Morgan Geeky's done a job. So, I mean, yeah, biggest, I think, disappointment is that Hampus Lindholm, though he's played really well defensively, offensively has really cratered from last year. Like, uh, I think he scored, like, double-digit goals last year. He's got one this year. Like, a 1.6 shot percentage. I'm looking at this percentages right now. It's absurd. <laughs> no, I mean, I like the team. I don't know if we could do the damage in um, in the spring. 
or spring, summer, whenever the season's actually over. I don't know if we can, you know, obviously having the goaltending that we do, there's a chance. Um, oh, we're third and goal scored behind the lightning as well. Who they were talking about, like maybe trading, um, there was talk of maybe trading Stamkos. Why? I mean, like it'd be different if they were like way down there. I mean, they're third place in the division. So there's no reason to trade, you know? I don't know. Then also in the other NHL news is that, um, whatchamacallum, the Oilers, after just an absolute atrocious start to the season, have come on strong. They've won 16 straight. Whew. You know, if they got their goaltending figure out, I mean, that's always been the thing with them. Do they have the goaltending to win? And, you know, over the past few years, the answer has always been no. They don't have the goaltending to win. They obviously have the firepower to win, but do they have the back end to win? And it hasn't been the case, though defensively they've been outstanding. 124 goals given up? Yeah, but I don't know. I just said, I, I don't get to watch as much as I wanted to this year. Um... I know the Bruins just had like a stretch where I swear they played like four straight days. They won all four. So I was happy about that. Included an absolute destruction of the Canadians, which is always beautiful. Hate the damn Canadians. But yeah, this team, you know, I'm, I'm digging them. I'm digging them, you know. I thought, you know, after Bergey was gone, maybe I wouldn't care. Maybe I wouldn't care that much. Maybe I'd kind of back off and not, you know, be watching the Bruins as much as I used to or more just following when it comes playoff time or something like that, not following as the season goes. But no, I've been pretty interested. You know, you get those connections with Pasternak or Marchand, um, Charlie McAvoy, you know, Chucky Coyle. You get those guys that you kind of like, you know what? No, I'm following those careers too. And hopefully Mason LeRae and Patras. And hopefully Johnny Beecher ends up getting to something too. What was the damn kid's name? I can't think of his name. Lizelle, Fabian Lizelle. That's the uh, youngster in the AHL who... Um, Looked like like he was going to be the next like type of uh, posture knock where he's like, oh, he's going to be an offensive force. And then he hit like a little wall and he hasn't been able to get over that wall yet. He's got tremendous speed. Man, I just ate right before I did this. So I feel like I have the burps and there's a little spice on it. So I feel like my nose is running. Oh! But anyways, before we get too deep into anything else, forgot my phone, so I have to look up Stuff differently. League one. Portsmouth has kind of wasted their excellent start to the season a little bit. Um, they were flying. Like, flying. Um, and, like, we're so far ahead. And, like, they were so far ahead. There was a point where they had eight points clear with a game in hand over, like, Bolton. I was like, okay, we really have a chance to just go up. And that was, like, mid-December. We have hit a roadblock. We have not been great. I'm saying we. The Pompeys aren't, you know, they're like the third place team here or fourth place. And they're still top of the table, but they have played 30 games. Bolton is three points behind. They have three games in hand. That means Bolton just has to win one of those games and they're ahead. Same thing with Petersburg. They played two games less and they're four points behind. Derby County, two, one game less, four points behind. So, I mean, like... If Petersburg and Bolton win both their like win their games in hand, Portsmouth has to play in the playoffs. So I mean they've kind of got to get going again. They've kind of really teetered off here. It was a while there where it was like you know just take a bet, you know Portsmouth to win and Colby Bishop to score a goal, and you're going to win that bet every time. I won a couple of those bets. 
but yeah, they've got to get going. I know. I think they went two, two with Oxford. Um, Cameron Brannigan's team. I remember when he was going to be a, he was going to be a stud at Liverpool. And then he just wasn't, it was like, he got a couple games and then he was gone. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I like Brannigan, but he just maybe didn't have it. He's now played like 200 some games at Oxford. So he's found his level. And hopefully, if Portsmouth goes up, Oxford can go up with him. That's what I want. I feel like I'm wearing uh, PJs down here. And I feel like they keep trying to open up. And I'm in front of a window. So it's... Uh, I'm not sure. Is that legal? I'm inside my own home. And it's accidental. I don't know. Let's not go in there. <laughs> so Portsmouth has got to get, and get going again. they got to get going again. Because tired of League One. I don't want to be in League One. I want the team back in the championship. You know, I eventually want a point where it's Liverpool, Preston, Tranmere, and uh, Portsmouth all in the Premier League. I want that to happen. It's not going to happen, but I want it to happen. Speaking of Tranmere, they were garbage for a long time. They finally got going, and they started playing really well. And I realized, man, the uh, League Two is so cluttered down there. They still had a chance to be coming up. They're in 17th. With 36 points to get into the playoffs, well, you got to get up to the sixth spot. Sixth place is MKD, Milton Keynes Dons, and they're 12 points ahead. So, probably not getting there. What we have still got, they have a game in hand, okay? So, we've still got what, 17 games left? So, I mean, it's possible, but there's so many teams to jump. So many teams got to lose form, and you got to be able to jump them that I don't see it happening. But the fact, I mean, we were horrible for so long. Tranmere was really bad for really long, like quite a bit of this year. They've turned around. Nigel Atkins has taken the permit job, which I'm very happy about. The guy's got Premier League experience, did a wonderful job at Southampton, taking them back up the pyramid to the Premier League a decade ago, over a decade ago. Did a really good job, and I felt really bad when they got rid of him, but they brought in Potch. So, I mean, that was a really good hire. So, I mean... You know, they've got the right man in place. Hopefully sticks around a couple years. Really push forward. I mean, you kind of look around. We're th the only team down there with a positive goal differential. We have two more goals scored than given up. I mean, there's some unluckiness there. We can score 45 goals. I mean, it, it, we're a good team. You know, we got Wrexham up there in second place. They have a good chance of going up again. What, one point in front of Mansfield with a game in hand. So, I don't know if they'll go up as champions, but they might be going up. That's the worry. I mean... If you're new to the whole thing because you've watched Wrexham, like back-to-back -back promotions can be disastrous because you can't change over the team quick enough, which might be different because obviously Wrexham has a little bit more um, financial power than other clubs at this level. That, you know, going back up back-to-back -back may not be as big a deal because like it used to be like, you know, you went back-to-back, -back, it was like... The, you still had a lot of National League players on a team trying to play in League One, and it's like such a jump that they really struggle. Uh, they go down, players get changed out, you're like rotating teams, you're getting out of managers, and all of a sudden, bam, you're right back where you started. So, you know, that's the worry there, but it should be fine. They'll eventually make it to the Premier League. There's too much kind of power and interest in that team not to kind of make it somewhere. <laughs> I'm not sure if it'll be like four years from now. Um, maybe in the next decade they'll make it. Um, yeah, man, Betsy, by 2030, they'd have a chance. I guess that's six years from now. So, <laughs> time, time is odd. No, but Tramer sitting in 17th place, completely safe from, I think, relegation. Relegation is Sutton United at 21 points. 
they're not getting up to 36 points. So Tranmere is definitely not going down this year. If they could press on, keep playing well, maybe they'll have a chance to catch up to MKD or Crew or Barrow or somebody like that who maybe if they start dropping off. But there's a lot of teams jump. I just don't think it's going to happen. Then we'll check in with Preston real quick. Then we'll get to the Liverpool. I meant to have all this stuff pulled up. But as usual, Brandon's flying by the seat of his pants tonight. That's uh, not how you spell championship, but good job, Brandon. Whatever, there it is. <sighs> Preston's not been great. Um, not been great. The issue with Preston is, what I do like about Preston, they don't lose any heartbreaking games. There's no last second, like, like loss. There's no, it's 1-1 and we give up a 94th minute win, like, 94th minute winner. Nah. We just, uh, we get obliterated when we lose. <laughs> it's like 5-2, 4-nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't lose easy. We don't lose, like, a hard game. We lose the, like, just get blown off the pitch. Uh, you see that goal differential. I think we got the worst, we're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. <laughs> 47 goals given up. I mean, yeah, 35 goals scored. So we still have, really are struggling to score, um, Ramsey, Calvin Ramsey, Liverpool only went back to Liverpool. Uh, wasn't getting any game time. Injury really curtailed any chance he had a press. And he went to uh, Bolton, which I'll talk about somebody else who went to Bolton last year and how incredible they are for Liverpool now. Um, yeah, this Preston still mid table. That great start to the season really kept keeps them out of like a relegation scrap. I mean, QPR is 14 points behind, and you know there's 10 spots in between. I mean, us losing form that bad, and then all these other teams finding form. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. But, you know, I want to see Preston kind of get going. They're just one of those teams that's kind of stuck in the championship. They don't have the money that the Premier League teams that come down do. Because, I mean, you look at the top six. That's the uh, playoff teams and, like, the promotion teams. you got Leicester, who just came down last year. you got Ipswich, who used to be a Premier League team, but that was before the crazy money, so good for Ipswich. But they're only one point ahead of Southampton, who just came down. And Leeds, who just came down. Then there's West Brom, who yo-yoed for a little bit. Then there's Coventry. So, I mean, of the six, like four of them are fairly recent really teams. Those parachute payments really just give them such an advantage at the championship of getting back up. I mean, you see that Burnley and Sheffield came down and went right back up, and now they're going right back down because they're both horrible. Ugh, I don't know. But yeah, Preston's in that spot where they don't have a lot of money, so they can't like overly invest in the squad and compete with a lot of these teams. So... Really, mid-table is where they got to be at, and they're really going to have to hit it. I do like Ryan Lowe as a manager, but, I mean, I know Rangers were... It seemed like right when the news came out that Rangers may be interested in Ryan Lowe as the manager, that's when the season turned and we really kind of fell apart. So, I don't know, man. I know Messina's in a dogfight in Italy, but I don't know where. And Hibernian is not going down. They're not winning the league, and they're out of the Scottish Cup. So, right? Right? Pretty sure they're out of the Scottish Cup. I know Celtic got knocked out. <laughs> we can, then we get knocked out by Aberdeen or something like that. Yeah, we're out because I don't see us playing there. I think Celtic get knocked out, but weird. Who cares? Let me check Wikipedia. Maybe. Am I thinking of the right thing? I'm probably not. I'm dumb dumb. Oh. 
No, Hibs. Yeah, we'd play Avernus Caledonian Thistle. Okay. <laughs> Avernus. I probably said it wrong. Rangers are still in it. No, Celtic's still in it. Then what was I thinking of? They got knocked out of something. Must be like their own League Cup type thing they got knocked out of. Whatever. Who cares? The issue is, man, Scotland is just such a two-team league. Anyways, after all that little side talk and whatnot about teams you know no players on, uh, let's get into the main event, which is the Premier League. Um, obviously I talked last, you know, this past week about Jurgen leaving. Um, uh, I like that the team has responded with two excellent performances. Today was one of the best performances of the apps of the year. We absolutely routed Chelsea outside of a two minutes uh, period where we went to sleep after some subs and gave up a goal four one over Chelsea. It was, um, it was not much of a game. Let's see. I, in the other news, I mean, I, you know, three, one man city over Burnley. Burnley is garbage. 3-2? Or did Tottenham win 3-2? Tottenham won 3-2 with the comeback, right? Yeah, they, so it was Neil Mopé, or whatever his stupid name is, who's garbage everywhere he goes, except when he plays for Brentford. He looks like a pretty decent player. But when he was at uh, Brighton, he looked awful. When he was at Everton, he looked even worse. But he goes to Brentford, looks like a decent player. I don't know. His goal was a fluky one today. Like, miskicked kicked it, but then he hit off like his trailing leg and went into the goal. It was wild. Uh, no, they went up 1-0, and then in a eight-minute span in the second half, Tottenham got three goals. Ivan Tony pulled one back from Brentford, but they couldn't get over the hump. 3-2 Tottenham. Um, but Liverpool, four. Chelsea, one. Um, Chelsea could not get a freaking glove on us, man. Our press was so beautiful to watch today. And Chelsea could not string passes together. They tried to, but they kept stringing passes together along defenders and the goalkeeper because they couldn't move forward because there was a red shirt everywhere. It was one of those games where it felt like there was, you know, 15 Liverpool players on the pitch instead of a, like the 10 outfield players. Like they were everywhere. It was beautiful. The midfield, I almost like Curtis Jones was the worst midfielder today and he was an eight and a half out of 10. <laughs> like our midfield boss this. Um, we got a goal 20 minutes in, 23 minutes in from Diego Jota. Good little solo run. Ball kind of ricochets. Ball in from Connor Bradley because Connor Bradley is a machine who now has created a selection headache going into the Arsenal game. Connor Bradley or Trent Alexander-Arnold? That has been a question for years. Who's going to start right back in the big games? Connor Bradley is that guy right now. He had two more assists tonight. He got himself a goal. Like He got, I think, two assists at the weekend. Um, he puts in the work. He's defensively sound. Like, he can get up and down the pitch. I mean, he, Basashi, or whatever, the defender for Chelsea. I mean, he was the best player for Liverpool tonight, and he was awful for Chelsea. <laughs> but he was getting turned around by Bradley. Bradley was beating him to the byline, especially on the goal for a Sobosly's header. Like, oh, oh, man. Connor Bradley is a stud. He is a stud. I think 20 years of age, Northern Irishman. Yeah, but he whips the ball in the uh, Jota. He comes in, ball kind of ricochets, hits off uh, Jota's chest. Boom! He slots it right, slots it past uh, Petrovic, the former New England Revolution keeper, and one nil. It was like um, twelve minutes later. Good bit of play once again. Bradley wins the ball back. A little one two, and he's off to the races. Or no, 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 no. That was off the first goal. But on the second goal, we went on the left hand side, and they're going and uh, Chilwell and Jota get into like a little tugging match that looked like it was initiated by Chilwell and they both go to the ground that opens up all the space for Bradley to run into and they give it to Bradley and finishes it far like low 
Oh, it's a great finish. It's a great finish. Um, and then we got a penalty right at the stroke of halftime. Uh, Yoto gets his foot stamped on, which he goes down, obviously screaming, because they always do, which it probably does hurt a lot to get stamped on the foot, on top of the foot with those studs. Probably doesn't feel great. But I feel like you don't have to, like, really sell those anymore with VAR. I mean, really, all you have to do is kind of just go over, like, God, that hurts. <laughs> like, you know? And they would give it to you. He's like, yeah, he got his foot stamped on. That's the whole reason why he lost the ball. But anyway, Darwin steps up since Mo's still, you know, recovering from a hamstring injury at the AFCON. Um, and puts it off the post. Squarely off the post. I swear. I think Darwin, growing up, didn't play the footy. I think he played a different game where the goal was to hit the post. He hit the post four times tonight. He hit the post four times. He's hit the post this year 12 times overall. Nobody's even close to that. It's absurd. One of these days, he's going to get it right, and he's going to score eight in a game. <laughs> like, God, he was on it. Petrovic like, tipped one onto the crossbar. Uh, Petrovic tipped another one onto the post. Uh, Petrovic played pretty decently to give up four goals. Um, then he hit the, you know, hit the woodwork off the penalty. Then he had a great header from who put the ball in? Wasn't Joe? Was it Diaz? I can't remember. Somebody on the left-hand side put a really good ball in. He headed it right off the crossbar. I mean, he hits it square on the crossbar. It's absurd. Which Suarez was really great about doing that too. Like if he didn't score like this wondrous goal, he'd put it off the bar. Um, so it's, I feel like he's, he's inches away. If all those balls that hit the bar go in. Like, he's player of the year. <laughs> like, you talk about 12 extra goals already? God. He's got 22 goal contributions. So, like, this whole idea that Darwin sucks. Like, he's not Holland. He's not that type of goal scorer. But he is much more in the Bobby, like, thing where the team is very much first. Because he could have pouted about the fact that he's having such an unlucky time right now. It seems like every time he's got a good chance, it goes off the bar. Um, a really good save from the goalkeeper, like the game against Newcastle, where what's his face? Dubrovska uh, is just Dubrovka is having just a wondrous game where he's just making save after save on Darwin. But no, nah, what's he do? He wins the ball back. He puts the ball back across. There's Luis Diaz to put one away to make it 4 2 or 4 1. Um, with the third goal, once again, Connor Bradley beating Barashi down Barashi. I don't know how to say his name. I apologize. Beats him to kind of like uh, beats him, puts the ball in, and there's Sobaslai in the middle of the box. Boom, header, 3 1, 3 0 at that point. Ninkuku, who's a Ninkunku, damn, who's a really good player. I do like him for Chelsea. Uh, put one away where we kind of went to sleep after making four changes at once, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but yeah. But I mean, Chelsea couldn't lay, lay a glove on us. It was nothing. Hopefully, we do this again in a couple weeks in the League Cup. Like, oh, man. It was it was fun to watch. It was one of the best performances of the year. High energy, just hot. Everybody everywhere. McAllister was bossing. Sobasly bossing. Like the front three. Louis Diaz was even having a great game over there. Yota is just Yota. Like you know, you know he's going to score. And like even Nunez hitting the you know post four times doesn't. He was everywhere, and he was always willing to take another one. I think he shot like fifteen times a night. <laughs> he put up a Cucho score line, man. Uh... And the back line was great. Joe Gomez continues just to be a stud at left back. Like, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year there's going to be a point where Connor Bradley and Joe Gomez are going to be our fullbacks, I'm like, oh, God, what happened? You know? It's like, oh, that's not good. It's like, no. And, no, Trent and Robbo are healthy. 
And those are your fullbacks because they're playing so well. Like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Joe hasn't put a foot wrong at left back. Hopefully that continues to be the case because I think he's starting Sunday. I think it's Sunday, right? Against Arsenal. Big game. Big game. I think it's still technically the top two of the table. Whereas Man- no Man City has jumped them. Big game at the, uh, not the Eddie had the Emirates. Liverpool versus Arsenal, one versus three. This will be kind of Arsenal's last stand. Um, if Liverpool come with points or come away with all three points, definitely uh, Arsenal can kind of kiss their title hopes goodbye. Um, they'd be eight points behind at that point. You know, playing. You know, yeah, eight points behind, and only really a chance to pick up points on Man City. Yeah, so if Liverpool can win this game. That's the end of Arsenal's title hopes. But really, the enemy is the old enemy. It's Manchester City. That's the team that's kind of there. They won their 3-1 over Burnley today, which, of course, you know, Burnley and Vincent Company just rolled over for them. No problems. Um, that's Yeah, they're still five points clear. Liverpool is Man City with the game in hand. <sighs> De Bruyne's back. They play better, but, man, it's Rodri. Rodri's the key to that team. I will die on the hill and say, if Rodri gets hurt right now or for some reason says, hey, I'm retiring, uh, Man City doesn't even finish top four. I'm saying it. I am saying it. You know? Uh, it's a fun time. It is a fun time. It's odd. It's odd watching the Premier League. Because you watch certain sides like they're garbage. And then you realize they also make like cup finals and stuff like that in Europe. <laughs> like West Ham last year. Or they'll make runs. Um, I know we don't play in Europe until March. That's still a ways away. I mean, really... We got Southampton. Who'd we get in the next round of the FA Cup? I don't know. It was Southampton or West Brom? No, West Brom played Wolves, and that game was a big violent action because that's a big rivalry in the Midlands, and there was a big crowd controversy that caused the game to be halted for like 20-some minutes over the weekend. It's nice. Yeah, but, I mean, we got like a you know lower league team drawn against this again which is usually not the case. Like, obviously, our first game was against Arsenal. You know, Man City gets Luton, which is technically a Premier League team, so that's actually tougher than what they usually get in their runs of cups. But whatever. I'm not saying it's on, but the quadruple might be on. It really might be. The treble really is definitely on. Because there's no reason why we don't win the Europa League. Zero reason. Leverkusen will be the toughest team left in that competition. West Ham will be a solid team. AC Milan's in it. And then Brighton. Like, those would be kind of like your top four? Where'd my mouse go? There it is. <sighs> oh, excuse me. And then in the League Cup, we're playing Chelsea in a couple weeks. Um, if we come out with the intensity today, we're lifting that trophy, no problem. Hopefully just not on penalties. I'm sick of penalties. And then, um, you know, right now, if you're, you can't, you can't be first if you're not first. That's not a saying, but I just said it, so whatever. You know, so hopefully somebody can do us a favor. Man, you know, we continue to win a few games and Man City drops a couple points here or there. You know, who's Man City got this weekend? What, what is the schedule this weekend? Man, why would I be in the Premier League thing and push schedule and then you'll take me to the entire schedule instead of just the Premier League schedule? Huh? Why would you do that? There we go. We got 
Bournemouth and West Ham, Wolves and Manchester United. Manchester United is just such a disaster. Jaden Sancho goes to Dortmund and immediately plays well. Uh, Marcus Rashford goes to Belfast um, on a Thursday and gets drunk partying and then calls in on Friday to say he's sick and gets discovered and is immediately forgiven and brought back into the squad and, like, nobody's happy about it. It's like, oh, this double standard because, like, Sancho was just like, yeah, get out of here. Whereas, like, Rashford's the golden boy for, you know, especially on top. I understand why Rashford's, like, their golden boy. He came through the academy, and, you know, he's played well. There's a couple years where he looks incredible, but there's also been other years where he's looked awful, and this is one of the years where he's looked horrible. And it's just, whatever. They play Wolves tomorrow. West Ham plays Bournemouth. But at the weekend, we got Everton Spurs, Brighton Palace, Burnley, Fulham, Newcastle, Luton, Sheffield, and Aston Villa. And then on Sunday, you got Bournemouth, Forest, Chelsea, Wolves, United, West Ham, Arsenal, and Liverpool. And then Monday, we got Brentford City at Brentford. Maybe Ivan Tony can do a job. I think Ivan Tony is a lifelong Liverpool fan. You know? You know? Maybe you can do the job. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of fun watching these games now, knowing that, you know, we're coming to the end of Jurgen Klopp. I feel like this has kind of made it better to watch these games. I think it's kind of riled everybody up. I think there's such a united feeling underneath Jurgen that we need to do something special as he's going out the door. So I think the energy levels are going up and the intensity levels are going up. Because I feel like if nobody knew he was stepping away and he, like we played out the rest of the season and he stepped away after the season, that would have really sucked. But like... At the same time, maybe him saying that can make him do the Fergie thing where he says, I'll come back. No, I I don't think I'm done yet. Because, you know, he still looks like he's got all the energy on the sidelines. And, you know, his fist pumps are great. I mean, the players still love playing for him. And the team is gelling. Like, this team's not a finished product yet. This team's still a year ahead of schedule. They should not be competing for the title this year. But they are. I don't know. I don't know. And other quick news about the um, what you call it the uh, the the world of footy. Afcon is getting to the very end. Oh, I think it's really down to um, Nigeria and Ivory Coast are your favorites. Guinea's there. Watch the Guinea Equatorial Guinea game. Heart wrenching for Equatorial Guinea. Gave up a goal in like the ninety fifth minute, like ten seconds before the end of added time. Um, had a red card that the guy kept trying to act like it was a ridiculous call. I'm like, that was the, I watched watching it live. It was like, that's easy. That's a red. Like he just like front kicked him like an MMA front kick. He like kicks the ball and then he just extends his foot out to kick the guy right in the chest. Easy. Like just an easy call. Plain as day. Just, you could, and it's right in front of the ref. And ref like just blows the whistle, immediately pulls the red out. The guy just like is shocked. I'm like, they show the replay because the announcer is like, oh, I don't know about this. And they show the replay. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, that's an easy red. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm like, I saw that live. That was an easy red card. And I put Equatorial Guinea behind it. And then they end up winning a penalty, but then missed the penalty. Hit it off the uh, base of the post and it went out. I was like, oh. And Guinea got the winner right at the end. Nabi Keita came on. I was like, oh, man. And, man, all the, like... I don't know, the uh, the allure of watching Naby Keita play is gone. I was like, man, this guy was like this guy was the savior of Liverpool's midfield. This was the number this is the first guy to wear number eight after Stevie. 
Like, I love Nabby. He scored some great goals. He contributed some great times. But ultimately, with his injury record, um, he's a massive disappointment at Liverpool. A massive disappointment. Um, no, it's good. It was also a really good ball in a really good header, near post header. But yeah, it seems like it's going to be Nigeria and Ivory Coast. I think they're on the opposite ends of the bracket. Um, so they'll meet in the final if I've got it right. So you got, and then, but my favorite, the team I want to win is Cape Verde because my boy, my guy, my main dude out of, from the Columbus crew, Steven Marrera is on Cape Verde. He's playing every single key game at right back. He's doing a job. Cape Verde is still in it. I think they play Saturday, right? Because I don't think there was games today. Correct. So Friday, you got Nigeria and Angola, and you got Congo, DR, and Guinea. Oops. I didn't mean to push. And then Saturday, you got Mali and Ivory Coast. Then you got Cape Verde versus South Africa. Really good chance Cape Verde wins that game. I think, yeah, they're the the favorites. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. The favorites to beat at South Africa. South Africa knocked out Egypt. So Mo Salah, who got hurt in second game of the group, was out. Didn't get to play the game. Some people giving him shit because he came back to Liverpool's world-class facilities to work through his hamstring issue instead of staying with the team and, you know, like working on it there. It's like, no, go back to Liverpool and see if you guys can win it and get through. And they couldn't. They got themselves a red card. Egypt was really bad. They were really bad. (laughs) Like, Mo was the only thing they had. Uh, But no, so Cape Verde for South Africa. I'll be hopefully watching that game at work, waiting for Steven Moreira to put in a 94th minute winner and going batshit at work. <laughs> He's my guy. And then I think it's like midweek is the next games. I think it's like Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday next week is the uh, semifinals. And then Saturday's the third place and Sunday's the final. Hopefully Cape Verde can pull off something magical. I'd be over the moon for that. I'd be over the moon for Steven for that to come back to the crew here in a couple weeks for the opener after winning the African cup of nations. Ah. Oh. Royal welcome. And then in the Asia Cup, I know today Japan won, so Indo and Minamino is still going. They're still in it. Where are we at? Yeah, they beat Bahrain today. And then Iran won on penalties over Syria. I think we got games tomorrow. No, South Korea has not been great. Nope. Yeah, then Friday got Tajikistan and Jordan. And then Australia and South Korea. That'll be a fun game. South Korea has not played well. And then Saturday, Iran and Japan. Qatar and Uzbekistan. It's fun. I can't watch these. So I, I, I haven't figured out. I haven't looked to where they're on. But I did a little add-on to my YouTube TV to watch the AFCON. So I don't know. It's fun to watch the football. Even though I hate international football, I find it boring. But it is kind of fun. Especially like the African Cup of Nations. Because there's still so many developing nations in that, like in the continent. That you know, you'll see wildly... Um, different skill levels in each game and but they're still like playing just for the absolute heart like for the flag on their chest like um i felt so bad for equatorial guinea like you said they were just crying their eyes out on the pitch because i mean really i mean equatorial guinea's not a big country but i don't know i don't know if they're supposed to be decent or not but whatever that should be it for sports talk i don't have much else to say um liverpool continue to play brilliantly and you know it saddens me that we're not going to have that many more Jurgen Klopp fist pumps in front of the Klopp. Um, I still think Chabby Alonso is the best one for it. That's who I would go after. There's talk of maybe Zidane. I don't know about that. Uh, Deserby. I, w- I wouldn't mind Deserby. 
Um, and it's Graham Potter. Like, I'm not going to say Graham Potter should get the job. If Graham Potter had worked since his, like, sacking of, from Chelsea last year, like, if he had worked somewhere else, like, he went to, like, he was doing at West Ham what David Moyes is, where he's got him in the top half of the table. Um, or he's kind of doing what Gary O'Neill is. Like, I would even, like, all right, with a Gary O'Neill shout, I want to be over the moon for it. Um, I'm trying to think. Even the guy at uh, Bournemouth, who's a really great counterpresser. Um, still would be the Zerbi. Like, in, like, I was talking about Grand Potter. Like, if he was doing the job, say, at Aston Villa or West Ham, where he's taking, like, usually mid-table sides and brought him way up, or did what he was doing at Brighton, or, you know, like, if he had done something in between now and when he got fired from Chelsea and now, I'd be almost all right with Grand Potter, because I think Grand Potter could be a great manager. I just think it was just the right man at the wrong time at the wrong club. Like, Chelsea is just in such a state of flux. Like, Pochettino is a really good manager, and he looks completely lost because basically Chelsea and Todd Bowley just dumped a billion toys into his lap and say, build us, you know, build us a starship with these Legos. He's like, that's going to take time. Like, no, we don't have time. And then they just keep throwing more. It's like, oh, well, you need to add these pieces in here. You need to add more pieces into it. So he starts getting a shape, and then they throw more pieces, and he's like, I I don't know. <laughs> like, you know? That's basically what they did to Grand Potter. like they had, like... People had to be changed in the hallway because they didn't have enough space in the locker room because they signed so many players. Like, nobody was going to. Like, you, Jurgen wouldn't have done it. Jurgen wouldn't have done the job. Pep wouldn't do the job. You know, they wouldn't be able to do the... Like, they would do a better job because they're better managers, but they wouldn't be able to do the jobs they've done at Liverpool and Man City. They would not be able to. You brought in Zidane. Wouldn't happen. Ancelotti, no chance. Like... Chelsea is just such a mess right now. The judge Potter on that is kind of a little bit unfair. Now, do I think Potter should be Liverpool manager? No. Uh, I think he needs to go prove himself again somewhere else. It's probably going to be England once they finally smarten up and get rid of Southgate. Um, I did see a fun article like the, uh, you know, Athletic was like Klopp's next move or like Germans, like German squads. Like, like um, can the United, like can the men's, U.S. men's national team afford to pay him? Like, even if they could, he'd say no. He doesn't, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. He only has eyes internationally on coaching the German national team. That's it. He has no interest in coming to the U.S. national team and doing it. Like, you could throw him a billion dollars. I don't, you probably throw him a billion dollars, like, yeah, sure, whatever. But he has no interest in doing it. He only wants to go to German. And Klopp's a principal guy. So I have, I put the idea that he's going to manage the U.S. national team at about 0.1%. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's not happening. Uh, Gio Reyna did sign with Nottingham Forest, which I don't like Gio Reyna. I just thought the whole thing at the World Cup where, you know, um, Burhalter wouldn't play him and people were mad because he's so creative and stuff like that, which I can get on the surface. Like, you know, he's one of the more creative players in the men's national team. But the reports were he wasn't training, like, hard. He was basically just lazing about in training and not really putting in effort and got called out by his teammates for it. So Burhalter does what is the right call and won't start him. He's like, no, you put the effort in and training, then you can start. And he boohooed and boohooed, you know? And then it got, like, you know, Burhalter said something about, doesn't say Reyna's name, doesn't say it, just mentions that, oh, you know, we had an incident with the player not training hard, and the team took care of it in-house. Like, you know, they called, like, a meeting, and they called the guy out and said, you need to start training harder. Doesn't say anybody's name. I, I When I was watching this, I'm like, 
why is so many people like shitting on Burhalter for not saying the player's name, not calling the player out individually, just mentioning the story? You know, he's basically just talking about the unity within the team and the leadership within the team. But yeah, he got called out. like, oh, he's calling out Giorana because everybody knew Giorana wasn't putting in the freaking effort. Whatever. And then his mom boohooed and cried to the press and leaked a story about, you know, Burhalter having a bad day um, years ago, you know, like 30 some years ago, which is still inexcusable. Bad day or not, you don't take it out on your wife. But his wife forgave him and stuff like that. And like, you know, if she forgave him, I'm not going to be mad for her. That's not my job. If she has an issue with it, she would have taken care of it, hopefully, or felt comfortable enough to take care of it. But, you know, if she's not got a problem with it or she's not going to, you know, cry foul, I'm not going to cry foul for her. I don't know. There's too much outrage for other people. I don't know. We'll go into that some other time. Probably not. It's a stupid thing to go into. <laughs> I'm getting into it now. No, so like, then like, yeah, it's like basically they're boohooing. They're basically being uh, those parents at like um, the game. Like, Ugh, why don't you play a bike kid? Why don't you play a bike kid? So I don't know. You can go not he went not in Forest because he was being garbage at Dortmund this year. So on loan, yep, he's supposed to be such a great player that he's going on loan to the Nottingham Forest when Dortmund's still in the Champions League. Yeah, show you where his level's at. Whatever, I don't care about the men's national team at all. Like I want Burhalter to do well. I want you know Aiden if he goes and Schulte and Zawadski if they go and stuff like that because I know they all just win. I hope they play really well when they're there. But I'm not, like Christian Pulisic played for Chelsea. I don't give a shit. I hope I hope they're gar- garbage. I hope it's Pelusius' fault. He went to, you know, he went and played for a freaking oligarch, a Russian oligarch. He's not a good person. Screw him. I don't care. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad person. That's, that's ridiculous, Brandon. But he did. He chose to go play for a Russian oligarch. So, whatever. You know? Men's national team's garbage. Mostly international football's garbage. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, that's sports talk. What a great show. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and understanding all the fun stuff. If you like what you heard, spread a good word. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster to Pilot. You can watch the uh, video on Spotify for so inclined to. Um, coming up, we got we're gonna have our first proper episode this week because obviously the Jurgen Klopp thing took over the show this past Sunday or Monday. Make that mistake again. Why uh, this past Monday? Uh, the Jurgen Klopp stuff took over the show completely. So we got to see where we're at heading this week. I'll probably talk about whatever i'll figure it out it's gonna be a great show great show be a wonderful show but actually you told me a crazy show i did ketamine today and i had a, an intense one an intense intense ketamine session it was pretty intense like i freaking cried okay <laughs> it was intense i didn't cry tears shed i did shed tears while in the thing because it was overwhelming in points it was wow we'll go into it but other than that, thank you. Thank you once again. Um, I'll be back Monday with Monday in the Music Room. And I'll be back next week with some more sports talk. The whole uh, maybe one-topic shows, maybe that'll be a thing. I don't think I'll have the MLS stuff ready next week. Maybe it's the week after, but we'll figure it out. But other than that, thank you so much. Peace out. 10-4. Daddy-o. Let's get the hell on out of here. <laughs>